Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Tim James. Tim is an entrepreneur and business leader with deep roots in Alabama. He's a passionate follower of Christ and a family man. He's also a candidate for governor for the state of Alabama. Tim, it is an honor to have you here today. Matt, thank you so much uh, for having me on the show. Uh, as I was telling you offline, I'm in Huntsville and uh, watching it rain here in, in the Tennessee Valley. So uh, this, this is just a perfect, we have a break. So this is a perfect time to talk about uh, issues that really, that really do matter. Uh, in this crazy world we live in. Yes, sir. I definitely appreciate that. And um, got to hear you speak a week or so ago here in Birmingham and and really enjoyed what you had to say. And I love the the three pillars of your campaign, which is faith, family, and freedom. And I think it's such a vital importance in not just our state, but our country right now. And so tell me a, a little bit more about why those things are important to you and why they should be important to the, the people of Alabama. Well, first, first thing and the most important thing, a nation cannot thrive if a nation turns its back on God. And, you know, George Washington in his first inaugural address warned the nation, the father of the nation told us, uh, if we, if we ever uh, turned our back, God would remove the smiles of heaven and the blessings. And so over the last uh, half century, this nation has lost its, its way, has compromised our Judeo-Christian foundation. We removed God from our public schools, and all hell has broke loose in these schools. And you wonder what, why, why have they gotten so awful? Uh, we, the, we allow the federal courts to uh, unconstitutionally uh, wake up one day and determine that abortion on demand is a law of the land. And, and since we, there have been 75 million unborn babes have been, uh, lives have been taken at the hands of abortionists, you know, in 2016, out of the blue, the Supreme court just woke up another day and said, we're going to redefine marriage, uh, as between, uh, people of the same sex. And so we've been on this downward slide for, for a long, long time since the early '60s, and it's obviously being reflected in the the problems in the nation. And I think the I think we're on a on the on the cusp of an of a, an awakening out there. And you know, the first thing you have to do is to understand where you really are, and uh, and understand uh, you know what guides us. You know, America is one of two nations in on Earth that were created in covenant with God. One was Israel and one was America. So we're going to talk a lot about this. And because you can never have healing uh, without repentance and God, uh, you know, the, the, the determination of this nation will be by, by, by God. And I guess, you, you know, I'm a vessel. I, you know, I'm here for a purpose. The Lord, uh, my really has drawn our family, drawn me back into this. I didn't expect to be running for governor. So that's, that's the route. And then from that, you know, we can certainly talk about a lot of issues 
that um, that are manifesting in you know in in government today in schools and all the, these things that we talk about. Well, I think that that's a, a great way to start the conversation because you know number one. Uh, I firmly agree with you that, that without God, all hope is lost. I mean, without God, none of this is is going to be possible. As, as you said that night that we met, um, at the end of the day, when we think that we can do things without God, he's got a way of humbling us and bringing us back to our knees and mm-hmm. you know get us back to in a position where we recognize, oh, we fully need you. Um, one interesting thing that, that you touched on, I saw a statistic this morning that... Um, and our pastor talked about this at church yesterday, that, that the enemy is trying to steal a generation. He is trying mm-hmm. to rob them based on identity. If somebody doesn't know who they are, if they're confused in their identity, they're easy to control. And the, the LGBTQ community, uh, first of all, God loves everybody. He doesn't have to agree with what they're doing. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not breaking his heart, but, but he loves them and he wants to draw them back to repentance away from that sin. But, but at the end of the day, that's 7% of the nation that identifies in that category up from three and a half percent in 2012. So over a decade, that number has doubled, but it's almost 20% of the Gen Z population. And it's because young people have been bombarded with lies over and over and over that, you know, that they should just pick who they want to be on a daily basis. The reality is God created everybody with a purpose. He's got plans for them, plans to prosper them and do them no harm. And all of this confusion, this identity confusion, it's not from him. It's from the enemy. And it's it's lies that are stealing this generation, the birthright that God has for them. So I think that that's extremely important. And then, you know, abortion as well. I mean, Every child is created in the image of God. And when they are aborted before they're even born, that's that's taking away the promises of that child that, that God had the, the plans and the hope for that future, robbing it before it's even you know, able to, to you know, come out of the mother's womb. It is heartbreaking. And so I, I think that that is an extremely moral dilemma that we're facing as a country and most of the country. Uh, is is more along the lines of you know the conversation that we're having. The news media would tell you that that the you know the country is completely the opposite, and they all agree with that small faction of the population. But that's just not true. So, from that standpoint, you know you're you're giving a message that you know a lot of people agree with, but but the news will take and twist and and make the two of us out to be. Uh, hate mongers or, you know, people that just don't, don't love people or they just don't understand. Uh, what would you say to those people that, that would consider the conversation that we're having, you know, divisive or it's not something that they agree with? Well, you're right. And so what Satan does, he comes to kill, steal and destroy. And that's his mission. And, you know, Ephesians 6, deals with spiritual warfare and you know the battle is not against flesh and blood but we're dealing with principalities and and things of this dark world and 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 this is no different and always the attack is always on our children there's nothing new about it uh uh, that's what the first the first movement was to remove of course uh, uh, uh vacate anything of god in our public schools and that was in 62 in a case called vitale so, uh, you know, once we fully grasp that, then we know how to deal with it. 
And first it's in the, in the spiritual realm. And of course you fight the battles here in the flesh because we do have to occupy as well. You know, how you handle this extremely uh, sad uh, environment with children who are struggling with their identity and transgender and half of the time they're probably not, but they don't know it. And they, you know, they're just so confused. And of course, confusion is, is one of the primary weapons of, of Satan as well as confusion. Mm-hmm. And the, the answer is, is not one of hate, but one of love and love is truth. And you can love a kid or love a child struggling with this, but you do not come into an agreement with it. And that's real love. Hate is to come into an agreement with a lie. And so you have this entire generation of, in some case, parents, schools, uh, academia, media, you know, the, the mounts, pretty much every many people incorporated, you know, it, it, operating in the seven mountains who, who, you know, are placating and living this lie. And, and we're just not going to do it. You know, I'm, we will, as a governor, I will not allow children to be uh we're not going to call boys girls and we're not going to play games and call girls boys and we're not going to act like it's okay because it's not okay and but you're going to do it with love and and uh and you're there for them but it you know at some point we're going to stand on what god is saying and what he has spoken and this is his creation and uh you know, God created every child, every one of us in it by in his image. And, you know, this homosexual and this transgender and all these things are in direct conflict with the, the character and the very nature of God. And we're just, you know, we're to the point that we have to stand firmly on truth and, and love at the same time. And I think that's the way uh, the, the right approach and just understand that you're going to be persecuted if you, if you speak truth as well. So, you know, we're, we're, we're promised persecution in this life. If you stand uh, for what, uh, you know, stand for Christ and, and stand for what is true and what is righteous and, and just, and this is, this is uh, another one of those uh, situations, but I can, I believe this, I believe there's a shifting out there. I believe we're on the, cusp of a great awakening believe it or not in the midst of all this darkness that we see there's light beginning to pop up all across this nation and uh, alabama i thought i might have mentioned this when we were together but alabama is going to lead the nation in the years ahead and uh it's going to be very exciting and a lot of people think oh what are you talking about james you just wait and see god is going god is blessing this state because this state has for the most part in large part, stood against the ways of the world over these decades, and we will be blessed because of it. I agree, and and I do think that um, you know the word of God is the only truth out there. Truth is not subjective. Truth is not something that you get to pick on a daily basis. And and again, the 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 world is constantly lying to people. Uh, it's the devil's playground, and and he's constantly sure. trying to make people believe that they can just pick whatever they want to do on a daily basis and go with it. And that's just how you feel. And it's all good. But um, so from that standpoint, I agree that love is speaking the truth, uh, letting people know, Hey, just because we don't agree with you, doesn't mean we don't love you. We want what's best for you. 
that's why we're willing to speak up because we don't want to see you end up in the pit. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of pastors in America have not spoken the truth. They have not taught the word of God. They don't teach the Bible anymore. They teach feel good stuff. And so when people aren't even hearing it in church on Sunday, how are they going to recognize it in the real world on Monday? So I think that that's a major problem. But as you go to, you know, the state of Alabama in general, you talked about the promise that this state has. Uh, I believe, as we discussed the other night as well, that there's so much untapped potential in this state. And with good leadership, that ten, the potential could be tapped into and, and we could rise to uh, what was fully intended uh, mm-hmm. with all of the, the great resources that we've got available to us. So from that standpoint, what would you do to tap into those resources and, and how would you help Alabama reach that full potential that it's capable of reaching the then and you're right on 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 everything you said the the number one thing that government can do and should do and and this is proven by the allocation of resources or money that we spend and that is 87 cents on every tax dollar goes into public education okay so 87 cents, almost 90% of the money goes into public education, post-secondary ed, but the, by far the lion's share is K through 12. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but there's a, there's something that we know uh, in the foundation years, K one, two, three, if a kid is uh, reading in the third grade uh, at that level, they tend to make it, they go on, they become productive citizens, same with math. And we have been falling behind we're at the bottom of the barrel nationally in our grade scores. This is this is new. I mean, this has really only happened in the last decade to, to a dec- decade and a half. And we're going to lay out a very clear pathway to turn this around. And if we do it, if we turn this state around education-wise, K through 12, then all of a sudden, this is what happens. You have an educated society. Kids graduate from high school, have a diploma that means something. They, can, they may go to college. They may not. They may go into some sort of trade school and learn, uh, learn to fix bulldozers. And those guys actually make more than college grads in a lot of cases. And, but there are other benefits that people don't think about. Prison numbers crash. Uh, when, when, when these kids come out of high school and productive, they don't go to prison because they're, you know, it's just the social benefits are just enormous. So that in and of itself is the, if you had to pick one single thing that could turn the state around and really prepare us, uh, to, for the future economically and otherwise is, uh, is improving and turning our failing school system around. And uh, it really can be done. A lot of people, Matt, think, ah, you really can't do that. A lot of these poor kids, you know, they they come from tough homes and it'll never work. The truth is that is a lie. They most certainly can. And my message is clear, which is, look, life life is not fair. You you know, it, it is that's just the way it is. And, you know, some kids will have to work harder than other kids. 
but uh, we must be there to help them and to lead them and guide them and support them. And number one, make sure that, that they understand that, uh, that we're removing the crutches and the crutches are, you can't do it, removing the excuses. And it's a, you know, it's a form of honesty and children will buy into it when what they need. And I mean, kids who don't have the support that my ch children or maybe yours, if you have children have, that's how you do it. And it starts at the stop. It starts with a governor who begins to instill these things in a population and you do it with what you say, you do it with your mouth and what you speak, you speak it into the air, you speak it uh, in groups and it begins to manifest across, across this great land. That is the most important thing that we can do to, to really position ourselves, uh, or position the entire state for the, for the days ahead. Well, I think that that is a great idea. And, and I do think that that's extremely important. You know, my daughter was out for President's Day today. I've got two daughters uh, and my youngest said that she wanted to come to the office with me. So she was learning real world. She's eight or will be eight next month. And she's learning real world experience, what daddy does on a daily basis. And um, and obviously, you know, she's playing in the office uh, next door as well. And uh, but, you know, she's getting to see what it looks like versus you know, not having any of that exposure. And my oldest, she used to like to come to the office with me as well. This morning, she just wanted to sleep in. But yeah. I think it's extremely important that children are taught, you know, what the example should look like. They, they see the example modeled for them. And I recognize that, that not every child has that good role model. And I, I do think that it is so important that life is spoken into these children, that encouragement is spoken into these children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, what most of them are getting from the school system is indoctrination at an early age of why they can't do something, why they're incapable, why they are going to be held back based off of X, Y, and Z. Again, going back to lies, you know, they're being told that you know, the deck is stacked against them in so many different ways. And that's been going on for a long time. And so now you see this culture where, you know, people have this victim mindset and they believe that, that they're not going to be able to do because the system is rigged to hold them back. And I'm not saying some systems aren't better than other systems. At the same time, that is something that, that starts at the federal level and then it's brought down to the state level. And so I do think that it's important that what the children are being taught is building them up. It, it is training them to, uh, you know, believe that they can do something. And CDC standards have just changed, which I don't even understand why the CDC is in charge of any of this guidance. But uh, that's a whole different ballgame, uh, different conversation. But, you know, they were saying that the uh, reading and the the uh, ability for children to communicate that because of the masks and because of the social isolation over the last two years, all of this nonsense that's been going on with COVID, that now we should just accept a much lower standard of, of how our children, what ages they should communicate. And it's basically like cutting all the standards in half. So setting children back further and further and further instead of 
expecting higher standards and, and trying to hold them accountable. So I think that what you're talking about is, is extremely important and relevant. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. I want to get on another topic. You know, let's talk mm-hmm. about freedom because that is something, number one, it's so important. And, and I think that there are so many things that are going on right now that uh, a lot of people in this state probably recognize it because we've been fairly free. But uh, if you look at what's going on to the north of us in Canada, uh, you know, people being beaten uh, over trying to stand up for their freedom, uh, trampled by horses uh, in the name of justice. Um, you know, people think that that can't happen here. But but I want to remind our listeners, that two years ago, almost two years ago to the day, uh, you know, the governor of this state told people that they needed to shut their businesses down. And she could say she was just following orders, but she made that call. She's the one who said that the businesses should shut down at the guidance of the health director for the state. Nowhere in the Constitution is that legal? Nowhere in the state constitution is that legal. Uh, I want people to remember those things when they go vote. Uh, I think that it's extremely important because freedom. I never. I'm thankful I never had to shut my business down. Uh, number one, the government didn't tell me to because I was quote unquote essential. Uh, they're not in the the business of determining what's essential or non-essential either. But um, had they told me to do that, I would have continued to open my business anyway. I've got a family to feed. But many people were put in that position where they were told either, you know, don't feed your family, uh, just just trust us because we're the government, or uh, be in violation of laws. Tell me your thoughts on that and what you would have done differently had you been governor uh, when COVID started. Well, first of all, freedom. You know, we use the word freedom. We throw the word liberty around like like candy. And we forget. And, you know, we love to talk about the greatest generation. Well, you know, I would say first to your listeners is, is you know, understand that liberty and freedom, these things are not cheap. The price has been paid. And the price that was paid before doesn't last forever and you know it is it's it's a sobering thought but the sooner we begin to really comprehend at the at the gut level that you know the freedoms that we have you cannot take them for granted and sometimes you have to fight to maintain them because of, you know the the whole concept of marxism is to wear you down 
and, and basically take over without a shot being fired. They do it in, in your schools and all of these things. And the, the governor has made a, made terrible errors uh, early on in that regard. But, but worse than that, go back to the schools today. Now we have the data that proves the terrible damage that forced masking in public schools is doing to children. It's not even a question. It's not even up for, for debate. And the governor still refuses to use the executive powers uh, granted to protect our children. And so we, I'm in Mad, I was in Madison, uh, uh, Alabama here a little while ago, and they're still forcing children to wear a mask against their wishes of their parents. And that's, that's tyranny. And I, I just, if you ask me, Matt, why in the world would, would this governor be doing this? I don't, I don't know, but, um, you know, this, all of this is bundled up as one big, uh, mess uh control is at the root of it it's always about controlling the vaccine has been about controlling a population and you know i i just think our leaders here in alabama our governor i just think they're 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 overwhelmed uh with a spirit of fear and that therefore the decisions that she and others continue to make uh are 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 not rational and that's what happens when fear overtakes you and you, you got, you follow this, these, these, uh, supposed professionals, the CDC, who's been wrong how many times over the last 24 months and they continued down this, this trail. And, uh, you know, the, you talk about the federal money in schools as well. You know, at some point, uh, you may just have to tell the federal government, but just keep your money and, uh, we're not going to do it. And I think we're getting extremely close to that uh, today. Well, I agree with you completely. And um, I also remember the governor uh, and this, you know, some people will agree with this or disagree with it, but her yelling in a TV camera telling everybody that they better get vaccinated. Uh, that's not her place to determine what people need to do with her, with her health. When the governor starts telling people that they need to quit smoking cigarettes and they need to put down uh, Big Macs or you know any other type of uh, food that's not good for them, um, you know. Then I might, you know, first of all, again, it's not their place, but I would believe that they really genuinely cared about people's health. Um, but you know, an interesting statistic that um, a couple of days ago, Ron DeSantis posted on Facebook in 2021, 118 million Americans visited Florida. So that's a a state that neighbors us. And, you know, that's a state that's been open for business. That's a state that's vehemently opposed most of, you know, the, the federal mandates. It's opposed most of the CDC's guidance. And, you know, not only do they have, you know, good statistics health-wise with a, you know, older population, uh, but they also have, um, a lot of additional revenue because people have said, I've got friends and clients that have moved to the state of Florida that lived here in Alabama because they didn't want to deal with those restrictions with their children. They didn't want to deal with uh, the tyranny in some of the businesses, things of that nature. So uh, it, there's not just a freedom impact. There is a economic impact. There's a ripple effect. You know, again, this stuff goes on. How you led your family over the last two years 
will be determined over the next 10, 20, 30, the rest of their lives. Some of these people are never going to be normal again. And it is just so sad to me to see how easily people were willing to give up freedoms and still are willing to do it today, um, you know, in the name of safety, which, you know, statistically, that there wasn't really anything to fear to begin with. That's the sad part about it to me. Again, elderly people that have comorbidities, obviously, uh, yes, there was something for them to be careful about. But children, there's never been a determination that children are at high risk and why they have to wear masks in schools. Thankfully, my children have not had to for a long time. But um, fighting for freedom is extremely important. And having leaders that, that understand that freedom are extremely important. And, you know, I, I think that ignoring issues or pretending to uh, lead by not saying anything, that's not leadership. That's cowardice as far as I'm concerned. And, um, and I think that that's what we've got right now, unfortunately. So, well, it's, it's been amazing to watch. This is Alabama. And, uh, you, you know, I have, I've watched our state over the last year and a half controlled by the Republican party who have pushed for, they want not, they pushed hard for nine full on casinos. They passed a bill to legalize, uh, medical marijuana, which it has nothing to do with medicine. It's a, it's a, uh, planned strategy. Uh, to put dispensaries, uh, pot dispensaries in every town. Their ultimate dream is recreational pot. They've ignored public education. Uh, they got caught up in this insane uh, vaccine mandate that st it still it stands today. The legislation that they passed in the special session, it basically said employers cannot force you to uh, or can force you to take the vaccine unless you have meet the three exemptions. And I and when they did it, I thought at the time, I said, what about if I don't meet the exemption? And we did a study. There's 300,000 people estimate across Alabama right now who could be fired tomorrow uh, if the employers insisted they take the vaccine. And that has nothing to do with Joe Biden. And then this situation in the schools, which is the most insane uh unwise uh situation that i've ever seen and this is the republican party so you know we've had some problems here our party is uh, in large part a piece a chunk of them have really lost their way and you know it's time that we it's time we get back on track and obviously uh matt it, it starts at the top and that's why i've uh, decided to run for governor so um and so we, you know, we, we, this race is in May and, you know, I would say to your listeners, um, my website is, uh, timjamesgovernor.com. I want, I want to ask uh, your listeners to join this. This is, it's really not a campaign. This is a crusade, uh, to take back this, this nation, uh, one state at a time with the, by the hand of God, but Alabama's going to be, play a major role in this. So, uh, and I'm, I'm very excited to be here i guess in a way i think i've my entire life my life's journey has prepared me for this moment well i definitely appreciate what you stand for i appreciate your courage i appreciate your conviction i appreciate that your faith leads and guides you 
And, and that's what we've got to have. We, we cannot have leadership that wavers and, and just blows like the wind, like so many of these leaders are doing, depending yep. on the self-interest or the special interests or, uh, you know, whatever they feel like on a given day. Uh, the polling looks like that's where a lot of these decisions are going. So I appreciate the conviction and uh, just your passion. You're willing to stand in the gap amidst you're going to face opposition for standing boldly in the stances and, and even having the conversation that we had today. Most people are not willing to touch a lot of these topics. And so they feel like if I just don't touch these rails, then maybe I won't get electrocuted. You're going to get electrocuted anyway. It just may be, you know, dying slowly versus, you know, actually uh, putting yourself out there and, and maybe uh, standing for something that matters. So I appreciate it. Uh, it's been an honor to have you here today. So again, if you want to learn more about Tim, go to timjamesgovernor.com and obviously share this. If, if you're looking uh, to encourage people and they, they're wondering, are there leaders out there? Yes, you're, you're listening to one right now. Uh, a man that's willing to stand on principle and conviction. And there are options in this race. You don't have to maintain status quo. You've got choices. And this is a great choice. Do your research. I'm not telling you who to vote for, but do your research. I think this is an excellent candidate for the governor of the state of Alabama. Feel free to follow us on Living Life on Purpose on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose always on Instagram. And we will catch you again in two weeks.